Houston listeners, it's your man, the 90s man, a.k.a. the Fresh Prince of a Different World, a.k.a. Stefan Urkel. He was the same dude, he just put on a suit and took off his glasses. Here to promote the MVP podcast, taking you to a place, take you back to puffin' fries, fruities and chews, but no political news. Oh, for the nine dudes. Oh, for the 2018 and beyond. If you want to discuss an album, hit up MVP and turn up the volume. If you want more info, then listen past the intro. Want to discuss past incidents, then make sure your vibes are magnificent. Oh, with the MVP podcast. Oh, yeah. Hello? Yo, am I live? Yes, yes. I can hear you loud and clear. My brother, what's going on? Man, not much, man. It's been a while. It's been a while. I know, man. It's been a long time. We shouldn't have left without a podcast step to. <laughs> that's right. That's right. We're about to get it. We got a big show ahead of you. Today going to be a little different, though, man. It's going to have a little different feel. And I, I just want to get the audience, uh, put the audi- audience on something that uh, they're not going to expect today. But uh, I had to get this show going today. I, I could have waited until tomorrow, but I'm on the road right now. I'm live on Harlem. Oh, where you Burbs. at? Where you at? Hey, I'm, on the, I'm in the Burbs. I'm in Bedford Park. I'm on my way to work. Uh, start work at 12. Thank goodness. I got this new schedule now. And uh, I'm going to be on the orange line after commercial break. So we're going to have a nice little subway feel to this to this podcast episode. Oh, wow, man. We're bringing you the real, real, real raw, uncut, real, real live TV. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's, that's what we that's what we can. It's, it ain't always got to be me at the crib and in, in the hood. Hey, man. Hey, I'm on the road myself, too, man. I'm out here in Alphabet City, man. I'm recording live from 106th and Avenue O right now. Avenue Oh, you in the O's and the L's? and Dude, I got a crazy story about that that neighborhood, bro. Man, dude, it's like a, it's like a different city, man, out here. It's like it is. It's like it's not even part of Chicago. Yeah, it's like an episode of The Simpsons. Like, you got... You know, at the beginning of The Simpsons, you got all the mountains to be like, huh? <laughs> then all of a sudden, this neighborhood is revealed. That's that's what the Avenue area is all about. And and real quick, they actually have a Leon's barbecue out here on 106. No, they don't. Yes, they do, man. Dude, I drove past. I'm like, that's where it's at, dude. It wasn't a soul in that joint, man. <laughs> I see why. I see why. They need to change their policy, their mouth sauce policy. That's why. Man, dude. Yeah, not a soul in there, man. I'm like, okay, even even they no good barbecue over here, and that ain't it. No, no, it ain't. Am I still live and still recording? Yeah, man. You still live, you still record. Hey, I'm real still... quick, man. I want to send a shout out to all my watchtower study conductors that don't be calling on kids. I see y'all out there. Y'all need to stop that. <laughs> How many y'all, kids y'all, y'all got in y'all country? Don't be calling on kids, man. What up with that, man? 
The answer is simple, man. How many kids? Just call, just call on the just call on the. You got a five year old. You got a six year old. You got a you got a, a seven year old. All with their hands up. You gonna call on the on the fifty year old and active dude in the beach pool. It's like, what are you? <laughs> what are you doing? Hey, hey, how many kids y'all got? Man, dude, we got at this point. We probably got like twelve, all under the age of ten. Oh, okay, okay, and yeah, yeah. See, we got a lot of. We got a lot of kids in our congregation. We don't have that problem, man. We we, we show love to the kids at Burbank, man. Yeah, man. Cats got to wake up, man. You, you, the, the youth are the future, man. The children are the future. We we all about the children on, on Magnificent Vibes, man. Just like Wu-Tang. We see the right. <laughs> we pop the trunk. <laughs> hey, I'm going to send a quick shout-out, too. Uh, real quick, shout-out to the Litmus Test. I told Greg I'll shout him out on the show. Uh, he's been a, a, a listener to the podcast. That's what's up. That's what's up. Oh, and shout out to Baxter for doing our hilarious intro. Oh, man. Hey, Jay, thanks so much for the contributions, my brother. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Dude, dude, dude is a comedic genius, man. Like, he's selling cash. He actually did a stand-up at, uh, you, you know, I saw you know Glenn, right? I saw, no, I don't know. I don't know this Glenn character, but... I did. I did see. I did see the stand up. Baxter uh, forwarded to me a couple weeks ago. Hilarious, dude. It's only like five minutes long, but the amount of the amount of laughs he snapped he crammed off. into five minutes worth of material is just genius, man. He snapped off. My boy Ray, um, he a DJ. He he's a brother too. He had recorded it, and I saw it on his page. And uh, shouts out to Big Ray. And man, dude, he killed it, man. He did he killed it. He did, but that's, that's what Baxter board, They only gave him five minutes. Yeah, five minutes, man. Five minutes. But that's what he does, man. He been he been doing this for years, man. I, I've been telling cats since like 2005, man. Like, dude, dude, it's hilarious. Man, I never slept on on, on Jay from from first from first meet. I knew this dude was a clown. I knew he was a clown, man. But but that's broken but news. That's broken way. news, right there. Exactly. <laughs> yep. And uh, one thing I do want to clear up, though, I want to clear up something. So I was just recently on uh, my fellow partner Ian's uh, Vibes and Stuff episode. Yes, yes. I invaded. I, I invaded and, and, and I blew up. I blew up the internet. I blew up the Vibes and Stuff. <laughs> I made a comment that was considered debauchery, considered blasphemy, considered hypocrisy. That the Jesus Walks song is overrated. I just want to clear up my view on that song. Can I take the floor, my brother? Please do. Please do. All right. So I'm going to put it to you like this. When it comes to genres, I don't listen to country and I don't listen to gossip. I'm going to take it back to Nelly when he came. He tried to combine country with hip hop. It was good to the masses. People loved it. People celebrated it. Yeah, it was great. I, was, I wasn't down with it. Why? Because even though I have a love for hip-hop, I don't love country. So when it's combined and meshed up, I, I, I mean, it's, it's cool, but I'm not going to be jumping. I'm not going to be jumping jacks and doing backwards flips over it like I'm in, you know, like I'm in church over the song. I'm not. Wait, you gospel, country? Gospel is the way. Huh? You talking about country or gospel? Country. I'm talking about country. And, you know, I'm just using this to, as a platform for the, what I'm about to say. As far as gossip, I don't listen to 
gossip. There was a uh, there was a comment. Oh, they combined gossip with hip. Kanye combined gossip music, gospel music, not gossip. Gospel music. My gossip. What's that? <laughs> right, right, right. I keep saying gossip. <laughs> gospel, <laughs> gospel music with hip hop, and I'm like, okay, that's that's nice, but I don't listen to gospel, and, and Jesus walks didn't affect me like that. It just didn't. Even the lyrics, I just wasn't moved by the song. I just wasn't. I, do I think it's a bad song? By in no, by no means. By no means. College Dropout is a great album. It's not number one on my list as far as great Kanye albums. It's, it's up there. It's in the tops. But Jesus Walks just wasn't my cup of tea. It just, you know, it just wasn't. I didn't think it was a bad song. It just wasn't my cup of tea. Hey, man, you know, hey, it, it is what it is, man. He's his own, like, like I, I, I don't think it's his, that one of his, I think it's one of his better songs in his catalog. But my whole problem with Jesus Walks is that after he put it out, even though I like the song, after he put it out, Kanye was now known as a quote-unquote conscious artist. And, yeah. and I'm just like, I'm like, okay, so because he made a song about Jesus, that makes it conscious. I'm like, I'm like, but if you listen to the rest of the album, there's, there's nothing really conscious on there that's being actually, you know, no. touched upon by him. Like, yeah, you had most Def show up and, and Talia Kweli show up with some guest verses, but like Kanye himself is not a conscious artist. And I, I, I just didn't get how that song earned him that title, you know, earned him that, 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 um, you know, uh, verification or whatever, or classification. Um, that's my only problem with the song, but yeah, man, each is on, I, I feel you, you know, nobody, nobody was feeling me when I said, I thought niggas in Paris was a, was a, was an overrated song. So I right. think that song is trash, but, um, oh, oh, real quick. One thing I do want to clear up from our last episode on Magnificent Live. I forgot to give props to the Harold's Chicken on 162nd and um, <clears throat> I want to say like Drexel or Ellis. It's, it's in South Holland. But that Harold's Chicken is pretty dope. Too. It's same same vibe as the Homewood one, only they take a little longer. Um, right. But, but still a dope spot. The, the, the Harold's Chicken in Homewood is the Beyonce of Harold's. The one, the one, the one, in, the one in South Holland is the Rihanna of Harold, and the one on 87th and Orion is the Keisha Cole's mama of Harold. <laughs> dude, that is an excellent breakdown, dude. I, I just got, I just got to put that out there. So I, I forgot to, I got, I forgot to big up them, man. That's a decent Harold as well. Great, great. That's 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 amazing. That's amazing. I'm gonna shout out to Harold's on 75th and Stony. Um, even though it's super hood, I like my hood heroes. I love, you know, I, I never, um, you know, even though, you know, people in there with attitudes, the chicken still be good. They put the just the right mouth sauce on my chicken, uh, salt and pepper, or even hot sauce. Also, another uh, heroes I want to shout out to, and this was the heroes that helped me through barber college, and that's the heroes on 51st, and uh, I think it was 51st in Indiana. Around that area, I used to go to Kane's Barber College, so it was right down the street from Kane's Barber College, and that was the staple, dog. Like if you went to if you went to Kane's Barber College and you was on your break after cutting all these cheapskates coming in there getting eight dollar haircuts, man, you have to wash it down with some Harold's Chicken, and that was the perfect spot. They had a a, a female that worked there, which will remain unnamed, that was a, a, quite an attraction there. <laughs> to many of uh, future barbers <laughs> that was going there. Um, I'm not going to speak 
any more on it because I don't want to get fired. But hey, Rodney, uh, hey, Rodney, big shout out. Hey, Rodney, she had a nice ball. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, she was, she, she was built for it tough, huh? Yeah, it, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, pretty much, pretty much. I don't know how she looks now. She probably, she probably looks hideous now. But man, right, you know, back terrible. then she was she was the talk of she was talk of the break room. I'll tell you that much. If you went and got arrows, did you see such and such? Oh yeah, man. Oh yeah, man. She had on this. She had on that. <laughs> <laughs> oh so. man. Yeah, but shouts out to the Heralds on 51st. So let's get into this show uh, real quick. Let's talk about the, you know, and this wasn't in the dialogue for the show, but since it's new news, I just want to talk about it. This whole Draymond Green, Kevin Durant drama, man. Yeah, Did man. you see the end of that Clippers game? Yeah, I, I, wanted to, I was wondering if you were going to bring this up. This was one of those things where, like, I, I, I see it. I'm watching. I'm watching all the highlights on YouTube or whatever, and all the commentary. And I, I think to myself, I got. I got. I got. I got to holler at Rodney about this. I, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I had to bump it. Up. I had to. I had to remove some topics so I can bump this up. Yeah. So, um, if you want my opinion, man, like both Draymond and KD are very. I, I don't even want to say sensitive, but they're very vocal. Um, you know, players, they're very passionate players, clearly. I think Draymond's a little bit more passionate, but like, you know, you messed up. You messed up. Uh, yeah. Draymond's end. You know, yeah, you, you should have passed in the ball. Maybe KD got a little too, <coughs> excuse me, maybe he got a little too fiery and, um, you know, getting in his face about it and calling him out on it on the court. But, you know, Draymond, we know how he is. He's emotional. He reacts to things, you know, very, in a very knee-jerk way, and they got into it. But I, I think, I think all the pundits are making a lot of hay about a very small thing. You know, right. the Warriors are still in first place in the West. Yep. Um, and if the only thing y'all could really talk about with the Warriors is a spat between Katie and Draymond. I think I think that speaks to how good the team is playing right now. It's like this is the only thing y'all can talk talk about when they're at the top of the Western Conference right now. It's like so many people are praying on Draymond, uh, not Draymond, are, are praying on Golden State's downfall. It's like they jumped on this right away. They jumped on. This oh yeah. And, and well, you know what's going wrong with the Warriors? Is KD gonna leave in his free agency? And you know what's that about? And it's it's much to do about nothing. You know, in my opinion, it's 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 November, man. It's November. It's not like it's not like it's not like Draymond choked the game away. You know, it's not he. It's not like he choked away a game. Yeah, game was tied. Right. It's not like he choked away a game five or game six in the finals or in the playoffs. This is a game right. in November. Okay, everybody just chill out. <clears throat> yeah, but I think everybody wants to hate Golden State so much. You're so, you know, they're so anxious to pounce on any. You know, any any discontent with any perceived discontent on the team. And they're just making a lot to do about nothing. I don't think Draymond deserved to get suspended. I think I think that was a little I think that was some clap back for some for some criticism Draymond had against the league and you know, and their their suspension policy. So I don't I definitely don't think he deserved to get suspended, but you know, hopefully they'll work through this. I think they will. And um, you know, Mm-hmm. Playing in the finals again come June. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. It's some reaching for topics uh, to to push. Um, Stephen A. Smith was really adamant about 
uh, the situation yesterday when he had called in to ESPN. But here's my stand on it. Draymond Green is an emotional guy. He likes, you know, he's a he's a he's a prisoner of the moment type dude, and he's he loves controversy. He's just the type of dude that just loves controversy. And in this instance, honestly, I felt like Kevin Durant didn't really have a right to get really upset at him because. Honestly, Kevin Durant wasn't the only one open on that play. If you watch that play closely, there was a guy, I don't know if it was Looney or somebody else under the rim that was like wide open. And Draymond missed him too. So it wasn't just Durant that was on the play that just, you know, he <laughs> he was wide open and all this other stuff. Like Kevin Durant was standing at the at the logo. Now, yeah, Kevin Durant, he I heard people say, oh. Kevin Durant hit that shot twice in the finals. Why he didn't give him give it to him when he was there, you know, in this game. And I'm like, dude, like, okay, he hit it twice in the finals, but there's no guarantee that he was gonna hit that shot to send it into overtime. Like that or to win the game. Like that that's no guarantee. That's just you just trying to find a cop out. And I just feel like for this to, you know, I, I've heard rumors that <clears throat> You know, Draymond said some pretty sideways stuff towards KD after the game in the locker room. You know, he kind of mentioned some, oh, you just used us to win a championship and all this other stuff. And I'm like, I don't know if I believe that. But, you know, Draymond can be he's a pretty emotional guy. He's a prisoner of the moment type dude. And it, it, I think the cloud is going to wear down. I heard Stephen A. talk about some oh, this is going to be deep. This is going to affect their season. I'm like, I don't think it's going to affect their season, man. It's just, like you said, it's just it's just news. That's all it is. Everybody knows what's going to happen. <clears throat> yeah, they're they making hay about a lot of nothing right now. Like, yeah, players get into it sometimes, man. Like, yeah. But this ain't the first time it's happened. It ain't going to be the last. No. No, it's not. It's not. Uh, speaking of players... Um, one of the players, a star player, um, similar to someone similar to Draymond Green, who's a very outspoken player, especially towards his teammates, is Jimmy Butler. Ah, uh, yes, Jimmy, yes. <laughs> Jimmy Butler has been traded to the Philadelphia 76ers for a bag of chips and a Coca-Cola 20-ounce. Oh, no, that, that's so disrespectful. That's so disrespectful. <laughs> hey, I, I like Covington. Real talk, I do like Covington. He's a very good defender. He's a good, you know, standstill shooter. Sarge is trash. I'm sorry. I'm just not sold on that dude. He's trash. And in a 2000, what, 22 second round pick? Yeah, yeah. That looked like a, a that looked like a, a RC to me, man. That's like a side of R, a RC on the side with your peppers. Hey, man, that's that's below RC. That's 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 that guy right there. <laughs> That's 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 what's that what they got that fango or, or what's yeah what, fango what? fango that's the <laughs> strawberry fango a strawberry fango man like come on man like but you know what honestly it's gonna help Tom Thibodeau because now you know you got rid of Jimmy and you you know you still got now now Carl Anthony Towns is stepping his game up he he put up a twenty twenty game. You know, so he's got that weight off his shoulder, which says a lot about Carl Towns. 
Yeah, then he put up like then he put up like twenty five and twenty one the next day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Last week, Mister Ronnie got a triple though. Right. right. <laughs> so look, look, look. I I said this earlier in the season, and I I, I like I stand by this statement. I said once Jimmy Butler gets traded, Minnesota's going to get that, depending on who oh, they get. And guys like Covington and Sarik, those guys are are the type of guys. Thibodeau can work. Yeah, mark my words, Minnesota will be better for it. They weren't winning with Jimmy, and they weren't winning without him. So they uh-huh. got two pieces. One of them is a three and D guy. Like I think they'll be okay. And they both, but both of them, you say what you want about Sark. Both of them are competent defenders. Yeah, I agree with that. Do you think they can make their way back in the playoff race? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Um, okay. You know, Sacramento's playing hot right now. The Clippers are playing hot right now. That's the thing I love about the West, man. Things just come out of nowhere, man. And they be like, man, we're going we gonna to compete. You know, right. right now, right now, the Sacramento Kings are that team right now, along with the Clippers. Nobody, I, I didn't expect them to be in the top eight in the West right now, but they are. Me neither. Um, Me either. I'm impressed with. I'm impressed with Sacramento. I actually sat up and watched them play against the Spurs, and they look. They look good, man. They do. They do. They look good. But 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 but, Hill, but but going back to Jimmy though. Going back to Jimmy, man. Like Jimmy, man. Like like you got a ball, man. Like like I want to hear more about your game than, than about your mouth. Like yeah. Okay, you over there with the Sixers. It's an ideal situation in terms of basketball, just basketball play. Um, once, once he, after this year, if Jimmy signs a max deal with the Sixers, we're going to see where his head is at. Because once he secures that max deal, he might start talking about who he doesn't like on his team. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? How? <laughs> Yeah, he gonna play good. He gonna be he gonna be good right now. He he gonna act. He, he's gonna be on his best behavior. He's gonna cooperate. But here's the, this this the thing. This a different. Here's the difference between being on this team and being with Minnesota. Hey, Joel and B ain't no punk. You ain't gonna punk out Joel and B. Yeah, practice. Yeah, he ain't about to be. Oh, I'm gonna play with the third squad and try to whoop up on Ben Simmons and Joel and B. That ain't happening. Yeah, yeah, that's not gonna happen with them. Like, like you know, Jimmy Butler. You know, hey, look, I, I know you a hard nosed guy. You worked your way up from the bottom and and became a, a great all star. Um, but let's, you know, it's it's time to ball, man. I don't want to hear you complaining about what your teammates are doing. You're back in the in the Eastern Conference now. It shouldn't yeah. be that hard to, to be a playoff team. <clears throat> yep. I want to see you ball. You know. Um, <laughs> it's it's funny, man. I'm surprised Philly didn't try to get rid of Markel Fultz. You know what? I don't think they can. Oh, He's so bad. Hello. I, mean, that, I thought they were going to try to yeah. get rid of him in like a package deal like this one, man. Because Markel Fultz, man, he's looking like a bust, dude. His shooting form is is terrible, man. Like, and he just looks <clears throat> he looks uncomfortable out there. He doesn't look. He doesn't look happy. He looks very uncomfortable, very uneasy, and just like he don't even look into it. You know, like like he's into the game. Like like he just looks like he's doing something. He he's like he looks like he's doing a chore, like something he doesn't want to do. Just, I don't yeah. Know, did you 
you remember Chuck Hayes? Shouts out to Chuck Hayes. Chuck Hayes. Uh, yeah, he used to play for the Rockets, like, back when McGrady was there. Nah, man, I don't remember this dude. Well, if you ever get a chance, look him up. Look him up on um, YouTube. I promise you. Type in Chuck Hayes free throw shooting form. And you're going to have a blast. <laughs> this Markel Fultz did his best impersonation of a Chuck Hayes free throw shot. Did you see it? Um, Yeah, I did. I did see his free uh, Markel's free throw, man. Terrible. Dude, he froze up his own self. He faked his own self out. Like, he's not going to be in the league in a few years, man. Yeah, he, he, he isn't. He isn't. He isn't. And I don't think the thing... Uh, you hear the little speaker in the background. That's uh, one of the. <laughs> that's that. That's that real, real raw. <laughs> that, yeah, that's that. That's that raw uncut right there that you listening to. I'm, 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 I'm finally live here on the Orange Line. So for those listening in, that's what you, what you gonna hear. You are gonna hear the little uh, computerized um, voice talking about some what stop I'm on. So y'all gonna know where I'm at during this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, getting back to Markel Fultz, man. I don't think. That I don't think he's going to be um, pretty much like no no one's gonna want him. No one's gonna want him. He's gonna go down in history as a bust. I mean, at the at the rate he's going. Yeah, and it's it's crazy when you think about all the players who um it got he got drafted over. Yeah, yeah. So uh, you got uh, Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum. Donovan Mitchell, Laurie Markkanen, like <laughs> uh, Kyle Kuzma. Yeah, Kyle Kuzma. I <laughs> forgot passed, about they, they passed up a lot of good players, man. To get Mark to get And I wasn't impressed with him in college. I, the few highlights that I saw with him, and I remember that year was all about Lonzo Ball and his dad and, and all that stuff, but I was keeping my eye on Fox because people were like, oh, Fox is better and this, that, and other. I was so I was like, let me look up his YouTube highlights. I look up his highlights. I'm like, he ain't that much better than Lazo Ball. No, no. Um, that's why I never, never watch or pay attention to like the drafts, the, the NBA drafts in the summer. I know everybody yep. an event for some people, but like I never was into that. Like, yeah. I'm like, you don't know what you're getting. Like, what are you jumping up and down about? You don't know what you're getting yet. Like, let let them play, man. Let let these kids ball out. Like, right. That's why I never got into the draft, man. But uh, going back to the trade, on a scale from 1 to 10, I think I, I give the Sixers an 8 on the draft. I give the Timberwolves a 9 because you got rid of a of a very distracting, discontented player. And you got you got some decent pieces in return. So, and considering how Tibbs works for guys, the types of guys that they got in the trade, I think I give the I give the, the slight advantage to Timberwolves for coming out on top of it on the trade. But Philly didn't make a bad movie. No, no, they did. They did. And uh, on my rating, I give it a, I give it about an eight. Uh, I, I rate the trade about an eight. Um, it was a good trade. I think it's gonna really make Philly uh, a force to be reckoned with in the East, um, especially with the, uh, the Celtics struggling. And the Raptors kind of slowing down. They're not slowing down too much, but they they had a couple of speed bumps uh, here and there. But they still look good. Milwaukee looks really good. They just 
had a really impressive victory over Denver the other night on the road. So uh, Indiana is <laughs> not living up to your expectations right now, Ian. But hey, hey, that's okay, though, man. That's okay. They they gonna realize the, the mistake of giving up Lance Stevenson. Hey, first speaking of Lance Stevenson, man, I gotta. Where, where is he at, dude? Like, is he even getting playing time anymore? Hey, man, like, okay, so with the Tyson Chandler uh, uh, pickup, man, I got to get us the big hair, Rico, man. I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't like that. I don't like that. Why, why, why you don't like that? Because it's, like it's, it's less touches for Lance. Yeah. And, like, they were talking about Tyson Chandler joining the Lakers before he even got bought out. I didn't like that. It's like, I didn't it's like, like that. okay, I ain't like that at all either. So it's like, so you know LeBron had already put the call on like, hey, yo. Like I need, I want, I want Tyson. Might have to drop. Might have to drop a dime on them niggas. For sure. You, you know what I'm saying? Gotta stop. I don't like that shit. Sure, bro. I don't like that So it's like now every 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 person that LeBron has competed against and who has given him problems in his career, now all of a sudden they're playing with him. Yeah. I don't like Tyson that. Chandler. We, when he was with the Mavericks, they 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 beat uh, uh, LeBron's big three uh, for the championship. Yeah, you know, Lance Stevenson used to give him fits in the Eastern Conference. Now he's with him. Mm-hmm. Um, Rondo, Rondo, who used to give him fits in the Eastern Conference. Now he's with him. Like like everyone who gave LeBron fits, he's now is now his teammate. And I, I just don't I just don't like that. And it's like okay, I get it, LA. Y'all were soft in the center position. Y'all really only had Javale McGee. You know, mm-hmm. wasn't very. You know, he's athletic, but he's not. He's not and poised and tight. Right now, you got him to help out LeBron. Less touches for Lance Stevenson. I'm saying I don't like that. It's like the fix is in. Fix is in. Like, like just, just tell me now. Just tell me now when y'all gonna get Anthony Davis because we know that's coming. Right, and then now the playing time really is gonna be affected. You know, once Anthony Davis gets on the team. You know, and, and and LeBron revealed something when he when he said that he almost cracked and had a breakdown when we're dealing with LA's early season, uh, uh, you know, losses. I'm like, what are you kidding me? We're twelve as of today. We're only twelve games into the season. Like, yeah. Like, and you talking about you almost had a breakdown because of LA. Well, that's what that's what happens when you're a sidekick on a team. You know, sidekicks always get breakdowns. Look at Pippen. Pippen almost got traded in 95 because he had, almost had a breakdown. He couldn't take it anymore. He needed Mike back. You know, <laughs> that's what happens with sidekicks, man. Exactly. He know he know this is Lance's team. Yeah. But, but, but the very fact that he said that to me indicated that, okay, LeBron was expecting the Lakers to be playing better. LeBron was expecting another uh, uh, a red carpet rollout for the finals. Right. LeBron was expecting him to be at the top of the Western Conference. So what's what's making him think that? Does he know down the line that they're going to add some other pieces and they're, they're going to already need to be rolling and competitive when these other pieces come? Yeah. Like, the fix is in. Like, like when, when, when we first heard LeBron was going to L.A., I was just like, man, why would he want to do that? Like, they're not going to be competitive. Like, I, I guess LeBron don't care about that. You know, like anybody with any basketball knew they like the addition of LeBron wasn't going to auto- automatically make the <clears throat> so, 
say what you said. Like, to me, that, that tells me something. Yeah. Thank you. It, yeah, it's in. It's in. And not going to allow the Lakers to be this bad this long. It's going to happen. There's going to be change <clears throat> coming in LA. And I still believe, with my heart of hearts, that Anthony Davis was going to eventually be in a Lakers uniform. And it's going to happen. If he's not, I'll be surprised. But, you know, they, they, the Lakers, they know what they're doing. Magic Johnson's in the background. I don't like the shade that he's throwing at Luke Walton either. You know, this whole, oh, Luke, you're not on the, you're, you're not on the chopping block. You know, we know it's going to be a slow start. And then the next thing you know, they get off to, what, a three and six, three and eight start. And then all of a sudden, he's on the high seat. Like, what? Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. And and the shenanigans, the Lakers shenanigans is aided and abetted by the sports media, like ESPN and Fox Sports. Remember when Clay Thompson scored that um dropped what was it, 62 or 62 on the Bulls? Oh, oh, oh yeah, Cameron Payne had here behind a uh, little girl. Yeah, he used a girl as a as a shield, like Nino Brown. Yeah, um, yeah. R- right after that. You know what? The, you know what the, the sports pundits were saying? Is 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 Clay Thompson what the Lakers need? Yeah, man. It's, yeah, I saw like, that. What the heck, I man? saw that. What the heck? I saw like, that. why can't y'all just say like, man, Clay Thompson had a good game? Props to him. The Warriors are rolling. Instead, right. y'all are instantly talking about, oh, we need to grab him, put him on the Lakers, so that way LeBron can compete and uh, for another championship. It's like, come on, man. Everything is about what LeBron needs as opposed to what LeBron needs to do. Right, right. Nobody, yeah. That that's that's what's making me. Well, let's upset. get him some more help. Clay Thompson had a fifty point game. Maybe 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 he could join up with LeBron, and you know that'll make the path easier. Like, yeah. come on, man. Come yeah. on. Yeah. Man, ain't, ain't, ain't nobody ain't, ain't nobody trying to see that. Nobody trying to. See I don't that. like that. I don't like that. Yeah, yeah I, don't I don't like that. that. I don't like that. I need a banana right now, man. But I'm on I'm on the orange line, man. So I can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> my, my, my problem. Real briefly, before we move on to our music segment, I I just want to talk about uh, Carmelo Anthony. So I'm not, I kind of woke up the next morning after Sunday and then all of a sudden I'm hearing all this news of Carmelo not traveling with the team. There's rumors that he might get released from the Houston Rockets. What's your whole take on that? Man, he's being scapegoated, man. Like, this is all to distract from from the fact that they gave up way too much in giving up Ariza and, and um, what's his name, Amabute. Yeah, Mom. Yeah, those losing those two was like, I think it was devastating to the, to the Rockets' defense, man. And, oh yeah. And to my to my knowledge, isn't um, hasn't Harden been injured for a couple games? Yeah, Harden's been out for a couple of the games, but he's been chopping it up late. They had a nice win against the Nuggets last night, so it's looking like they're getting their feedback. They're still terrible on defense. Yeah, man, like, like you know, you know, they beefed up last year on their defense and, were, and, and took Golden State to Game 7 in the Western Conference Finals. You give up your two best two defenders. You pick up Carmelo Anthony, who's never been known to play defense. It's like, this is... This is a this is they voting is like <laughs> I, I like that sound. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, Scape, that's how we do it. Scapegoating mellow is just a way of masking the GM's mistake. 
Yeah. Like, like, what did y'all think was gonna happen? Like, yeah, Melo ain't really that dude no more. Yeah, he's declined as a player. But like, what did y'all expect? Like, right? Y'all made a mistake. Own up to it, man. Own, exactly. own up to the mistake. The, and, and this and this surprises me coming from even the signing of of, of Melo surprised me coming from a GM that's all about analytics, all about you know if you. This team scores this amount of points uh, per game, then we could beat the Warriors if this person is shoots this amount of threes in this game. It, it, you know, he, he relies on that. Charles Barkley has been real adamant about, uh, been real critical of Houston's GM for relying solely on analytics. And now he goes outside of the whole analytics and just goes with his feelings, signs Carmelo Anthony, who's hot. You watch him, man. You watch Melo, man. He's not hitting his shots. He's a non-factor. He can't guard anybody. He can't do anything. But he's not the reason why Houston is off to a bad start. Chris Paul has not been playing great. Uh, and then and then, and then James Harden was hurt. You know, and, J- and even James Harden got off to a slow start prior to him getting hurt. Now he's got his move back. It looks like Chris Paul is starting to shake out of his slump. And that they're playing a lot better. But this this team, they made a mistake, man. They made a huge mistake, and they're trying to cover. They're trying to put band-aids on it, and it's not working. And then they want to blame the band-aids that's not working for the reason why they're having they're struggling. No, the front office, y'all made a mistake. Y'all should have did. Y'all was so busy trying to get LeBron James when LeBron already had his mind made up that he was going to L.A. Y'all let Trevor Ariza walk. You let Mabuse walk, and now you're paying for it because y'all thought that LeBron James is going to end up on y'all team, and he did. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's pretty much the size of it, man. So, um, before we get into, a, again, before we get into our music segment, I just want to touch on one little uh, thing. I remember I texted you yesterday about this cheerleader. Yeah. You know, on the yeah. football. Yeah, so so I was able to do a little brief, you know, research into it. Um, nobody's really talking about it. Like, a, a, lot, a couple of small... Uh, news outlets have touched on it and and field her name. Whatever. I think it's Caleb Morris, the cheerleader. Caleb, yeah, Caleb Morris. Caleb Morris, yeah. Um, you know, very pretty girl. Um, she, she's taking a stand, or I, I should I say, a kneel, and it has knelt during the national anthem. Um, but a lot of people aren't really talking about it. I don't know if it's just, just pay more attention to, that, to the actual athletes. But I mean, hey. Uh, you know, props to her for standing up and what she believes in. Yeah, I, I, I definitely, you know, we're not by any means here on Magnificent Vibes a political show. Uh, we're, we're definitely neutral when it comes to politics. But at the same time, you know, she's showing that it's not just an NFL player's thing. It goes beyond the NFL and uh, the problems of the world that we're experiencing today. It's not just noted by NFL players. Uh, coaches are affected by this. Cheerleaders that play for the organization who are getting paid by the organization. They might have family members who have been done un- done with unjustly. We don't know her Taylor's story as far as whether a family member in her family was mistreated uh, as far as racism or as far as the higher authorities. They're not really going, they didn't really, you're right, and they didn't really dig deep into the whole situation. They just said, uh, you know, they didn't, 
punish her for her actions or anything like that. But uh, I'm gonna keep it. I'm gonna keep my eye on this story. I think it's gonna be some more developments coming up soon with that. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely see. Yeah, especially if after this, more cheerleaders come out and do the same thing. You know, but uh, we'll, we'll we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. So we so uh, when we come back, uh, we're definitely gonna have our roundtable discussion. D. Williams talks about Colt 45. There are two rules to remember if you want to have a good time. Rule number one, never run out of Colt 45. Rule number two, never forget rule number one. You want to know why you should keep plenty of Colt 45 on hand? You never know when friends might show up. I don't claim you can have a better time with Colt 45 than without it. But why take chances? The power of Colt 45. It works every time. All right, we back. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, Ian, you sent me a text a couple of weeks ago on some good ideas for our Magnificent Vibes music table. And now that we're sitting here, we're going to talk about it. Our yes, parents, sir. Yes, sir. We always talk, we, we, on our previous show, we talked about how our parents didn't approve of our music and the actions that they have taken against us. But growing up, you know, some we always, you know, kids that listen to this podcast you know teenagers who listen to this podcast you know some of y'all might look down on your parents music and say oh this is whack or whatever this is not my thing i'd rather listen to snap music or whatever you listen to or trap music whatever snap music is played out now but you know i've grown up listening to a lot of music uh thanks to my mom and my stepfather who was a dj at one point in his life. Oh, I didn't know that. <clears throat> yeah, that's what, actually, that's what built my love for music because he would have carts in our basement. He had carts <laughs> full of records and I would just scroll through them, man, and put them, put them in and just jam out to them, like a lot of old school records. And um, I would just sit there and listen to them. My mom was a big Luther fan growing up and slash Anita Baker. So uh, she was a huge, fan of those who of course you know throwing Keith Sweat shouts out to Keith Sweat uh who's, who's doing radio right now <laughs> but <laughs> and actually he's doing a pretty good job at it but I would say we're talking the the, the turn of the, this the topic of this discussion is music that your parents listened to that might have grabbed your attention even though you felt like most of it was whack what what was the one thing that your parents used to constantly listen to that, that you basically sat up and said, "Man, this is this is actually pretty dope." Man, dude, um, so much, man, um, so much music, man. My parents they still have a crates and crates of LPs, like wax LPs, and man, like they they never got rid of them. Or fortunately, they, they didn't get rid of them. Um. Like the ones you mentioned, Anita Baker, um, Sade was a big one. Uh, oh, yeah, I forgot about Sade. Uh, Stevie Wonder, the Delphonic. Steely Dan, I hated Steely Dan growing up, but, but for mm-hmm. some reason, now that I'm older, I dig them, man. I dig them. Fleetwood um, Mac, um, the Beatles, man. A lot of people don't know this about me because I'm a hip hop fan, but I'm also a huge, huge Beatles fan. Um, mm-hmm. Especially. Everything they did, like from 1965 on, um, um, weather report. They're more, they're older, more mature stuff. Yeah, yeah. Once they really like came into their own and started experimenting, man. Like, 
love of the needle and all that. Yeah. Um, Weather Report, um, Rare Earth, um, Grover Washington, Al Jarreau. Um, but the album something that we talking about, man, was the album that 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 oh, it awoke some feelings, man. It wasn't even the music; it was actually just the album cover. Um, there's an album my parents collected, and it might be all all those people out there listening might be my age. Maybe it might have been in y'all's parents' collection too. There was an album by Rufus and Shaka Khan called mm-hmm. called uh, the name of the album is Rufus and on the front okay. cover is a very young this is um, looking uh, 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 Shaka Khan and yes. got on like this like this this, this this belly out like shirt and some jeans man but like dude I used to just like stare at that album cover man and just like I had like the biggest crush on Shaka Khan on that album cover I used to just stare at it man it, it awoke some feelings in me man like cause like I was probably like 8 9 years old and I was like I was like yeah I, I, I always like girls but now I start to like win <laughs> It was like, it's like, yeah, the girls, the girls at school, they pretty, man. But this, this is something else. This is on a whole nother level, man. Like, like she got a nice body, <laughs> right, dude? Like, dude, her skin was just so chocolatey and smooth on that album cover, man. And she had like the biggest smile, man. I used to just stare at that album cover, man. Daydream. Like, shout out to that album cover, man. It, it, I know exactly the album cover you're talking about. I bet you too. That album was was fire. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was. had all the great hits on that. Yeah, but the album cover, man, it, 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 it's what it's what it, it's what graduated me from girls liking girls to liking women, man. <laughs> Shaka Khan was beautiful back then, man. She still is, you know. And uh, I love her music. It's been sampled over and over again in hip hop, and whenever it is sampled, it, it's normally a hit, man. Like when people do it the right way. Yeah, yeah, when, so, when it's done the right way, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I, man, that's a good that's a good album. Um, yeah, Sade was a Sade was huge, man. I think Sade, out of all the artists that my mom used to listen to, was the one that caught my attention the most. And Sade is one of the reasons why I started to fall in love with Neo Soul. Uh, I feel like she was the queen. She's the true queen of Neo Soul. She's she was Neo Soul before it was dubbed that. Um, all her music was just so smooth. It had texture. It was just, you know, her voice was amazing. Her bands were amazing. I used to watch her bands, like, you know, back when we had Bullet Cable. Her people don't remember this, but her concerts used to come on. Like they used to play her live concerts on HBO. Um, and me and my mom would sit there and watch them. And her, her shows were just so amazing and it felt like he was really there so uh shouts out to Sade like I was out of all the things that my mom used to listen to Sade was grabbed me the most yeah um, Sade it was like she was from another planet man like, man dude and, and you know what's amazing about Sade she goes through these 10 year gaps where she'll come out with an album then wait another 10 years to drop another one and it's still fire and it still uh is relatable to this to, to the time that it came out you know so that's what i loved about Sade. like you know 
know, she, she was basically ahead of her time. All the bands that she used was on point. Never heard any off the, you know, she always had a peaceful life. You know, you never heard of her being into any type of trouble. Yeah, no trauma. Yeah, no trauma, no, no, no controversy. Yeah. Yeah, and she, she, again, like Shaka Khan, she's a beautiful woman. I mean, just beautiful. She had me, like, I had, growing up, man, like, girls with long ponytails, like, that was Sade, dude. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like girls with long ponytails, you, I had a weakness for that, man. Growing up, I'm like, oh, man, she got the long ponytails to the side. They always <laughs> play with it. You know, that was the, you know, it was. That was Sade, man. Like the, the, the girls with the ponytails got you up. Hey, man. Thanks to Sade. Yeah. <laughs> but then on my my, my uh, actually on my uh, stepfather's side, you know, he was listening. He was one of those low key dudes. Like he would let my mom control the music whenever we was in the car together. But whenever I was in the car with him. Man, it was a whole nother world and i think that's what kind of introduced me to a lot of hardcore hip-hop he was a big too short fan big big uh big ice tea fan you know he had the uh he always he was always playing colors he was a big uh two live crew fan which you know i i had no business <laughs> back then but hey it, you know he wasn't a witness so you know, and, and I was in his car, so I had to listen to it. But he was a big Two Live Crew fan. Um, Luke Campbell, I, 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 he was into a lot of the hardcore and NWA, you know, stuff. And that was his that was his genre. But then he had surprised me. I remember mentioning this on previous episodes that he was listening to Gangstar. One time I got in the car and he was listening to Moment of Truth. And I was like, whoa, you know. That's crazy. He's like, man, this he, he's like, I love, you know, he's like, man, this is uh He's like, you don't know me, son. You know what I mean? Like, he he just, you know, try to school me and everything when I already knew, you know, about Moment of Truth. But, I mean, it, it was nice, you know, to, to see that. But he had a lot of records, man. He used to DJ at clubs back in the day when he was younger. So he had a whole bunch of, like, um, album covers and, you know, albums on vinyl and stuff like that. He was a huge Ohio Players fan. And I know why, because all their album covers were like <laughs> <laughs> too much for too much for TV. But Raw for TV, especially that honey. Oh man, man, that's a classic album cover. And um, also, uh, not only just the, the Ohio players, but he was into the Delphonics too. He was a huge Delphonics fan. Yeah. So Delphonics. Uh, yeah, Maggot Brain, like all, uh, or, no, you know what I'm thinking about Funkadelic, Funk Funkadelic, Funkadelic was a big album for him, he used to always bump that, so, um, man, like, for, for this, this, this topic, I just want young people to say, hey, appreciate your parents' music, man, because it's gonna inspire you for whatever music that you listen to in the future. You might think it's whack at the time, you might be like, oh, turn that channel off, I don't wanna listen to this, why we always gotta listen to that? But, man, at the end of the day, it's going to be a staple in your life, just like it was with me and Ian. So appreciate your parents' music. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. I, I, I appreciate it now on a whole nother level than when I was younger, man. Like, it's so weird. It's so weird. Oh, one more thing, too, I wanted to tag. Jaree shared, shared this with me some years back. 
um, when I was cutting his hair. Uh, he said your mom was a big Talking Heads fan too. Yes, and, yes. Uh, Talking Heads and um, also Swing Out Sisters. Oh yeah, yeah, dude. And, and and you know, for those who don't know Talking Heads, I didn't know anything about Talking Heads until I started working at Floyd's. Um, there was a stylist that I used to work with. Uh, her name was Kelsey Shaman, and she was a huge Talking Heads fan. And all of us, every time she would a, a Talking Heads song would come on, she would bring it to my attention that it's on. And I'm listening. I'm like, man, I'm thinking of different hip hop al- uh, hip hop albums and hip hop artists that have sampled their music, and they've sampled so much of Talking Heads music. It's crazy. Uh, um, that song by Jay Z, it's all right. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's a Talking Heads sample. Yeah, and uh, another group, uh, All and Oats. All and Oats. All and Oats. Yes, yes. Thank you, thank you. I almost forgot to throw them in. All and Oats and Bobby Caldwell. I did not know. Oh yes. I did not know they were white. Like Bobby Caldwell, I just found out he was white like two years ago. <laughs> and they like they shattered, they shattered my world, man. Like I thought he was like this. Soulful looking black dude, man, and I look at him on screen and he looks like Indiana Jones, man. <laughs> but he was jamming though. But he, was, he was rocking it. I was like, Bobby Caldwell yeah. was white. I'm like, oh no, I need, I need time to think this over. Yeah, <laughs> you had to pause for a moment. Like, wait a minute, hold on, hold on. That's like, that's like when kids realize that ain't real, you know. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's that's crazy, dude. That's crazy. So yeah, all in those definitely. That's that's good. Michael Caldwell, uh, uh, Michael McDonald. My my mom's. A oh man, Michael McDonald. Minute <laughs> 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 Yeah, dude, I can go all day on some Michael McDonald, man. Uh, and and I, I'm, I'm forgetting one more. It was one more. Oh, Cat Stevens. Cat Stevens was a big one. Oh, too. yeah, yep. Cat Stevens, yep. Uh, uh, real quick on Michael McDonald, man. There was a lyric in one of his songs that I used to always miss here. I can't think of the name of the song, but the, in the hook, in the chorus, he says, The wise man. The wise man has the power. But I always heard it as, The white man has the power. <laughs> you know the song? The white man has the power. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he always come on, uh, he's always come on 95.5. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Shouts out to that, 95.5, WNUA. Yeah. Do they still exist? No, they're done. They're done. Spanish, a Spanish channel uh, brought them out, and now it's something else. I don't even think it's not even Spanish music. Oh, wow. Yeah, but I yeah, ninety five point five was big, man. My mom, my mom was a big heavy listener of that too, man. Yep, yep, same here, man. Man, Michael McDonald, man, that is crazy. <laughs> All right, but yeah, moving on, man. We we're gonna talk about uh twenty fifth year anniversary of um and one of you brought it to my attention. I can I can throw this in on the show too. Um, thirty six chambers and midnight marauders uh, over the weekend. It's a 25th year anniversary of both of those albums. And uh, real briefly, we're just going to share our thoughts on both of those. Uh, if you want to hear more thoughts on our, our of our thoughts on those records, you can tune in. Uh, another plug, Vibes and Stuff podcast, Ian's podcast. Yeah, just, just dropped this morning. So 
yeah, check that out. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, just check it out. But yeah, wanted to get your take on both of those albums, man, and the effect that it had on you. Oh man, well, you know, I, I already touched on it um, uh, last night on my on my show. Uh, you know, Into the Thirty Six Chambers was the album that you know a lot of people it, 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 it debuted Wu Tang Clan's world. Um, Mm-hmm. You know, it didn't it didn't have a whole lot of steam behind it when it first dropped. It wasn't until like I believe like Method Man or Cream, those singles started really catching fire that the album really caught on and started gaining momentum. And yeah. you know, I mean Wu Tang man, what, what can I say, man? My, one of my favorite groups of all time, if not my favorite. Um <clears throat> love, love that album. Great, great album to bump. Just went raw, uncut, grindy. Early nineties hip hop. Um, I actually, I'll say this though. I actually prefer Wu Tang Forever to End of the Thirty Six Chambers. I know, I know. I'm, wow, that's a surprise. Yeah, I know, I know. I'm in the minority on that, but like, still, a still an essential album for any hip hop head to have in their collection. Midnight Marauders by, by Tribe is, in my opinion, their best album. Love, love that album. Um, it's just a great listen, man. My favorite joints from there are Clap Your Hands. Of course, Electric Relaxation, We Can Get Down, uh, yeah. 8 Million Stories. Oh, 8 Million Stories is amazing. Yep. Uh, lyric, lyrics to go. Uh, yeah. Steve Biko started up. Um, oh, my God. For like 10 minutes straight. <laughs> I don't know. If <laughs> oh, my God. God lives through. Uh, God lives through. That was a great my, conclusion my to the album. Yeah, my favorite joints on the album, man. Like just man i can't believe it's been 25 years man 25 that is crazy 25 that is crazy but yeah, yeah I, I i actually i the first tribe album i actually ever owned was these rhymes in life i actually had to go back to mm-hmm. the other three ones that came before it and i think i got i'm pretty sure i got lonely Fury. Fury, I guess. okay i got midnight marauders and um I'm like, man, I'm kind of feeling Midnight Marauders a little more, you know, like, right. This is the album to bump, but like, right, man, all, all their albums are classics, man, especially the first three. Mine's was in reverse. I had I had Low End Theory first because it was the first hip hop album I ever bought was uh, Low End Theory, um, and then uh, next line was Beast Like Rap the Life. Like that album is to me, I feel like it's. Uh, they underrated tribe album. Um, I know Consequence, you know, kind of threw things off a little bit. You saw the disconnect between, you know, Tip and, and Fife, but I still thought musically Dilla's contributions to that album was was still good and uh, still effective. And it introduced us, it introduced me to that sound that now I love, you know, I love that sound. But with Midnight Marauders, I actually listened to Midnight Marauders after Low End Theory. Um, I had to backtrack and listen to Midnight Marauders. And when I listened to it, I'm like, dude, this is this is monstrous. This is I, I stopped listening. After that, I kind of lost respect for uh, not Low End Theory. I lost respect towards the love movement and um, Beast Rhymes in Life. I'm like, damn, why did they keep going with this? You know, like they found it. This is their sound. They found it. Keep it going. And it was just like, I understand why there was the, it made me understand why there was a disconnect with um, Beast Rhymes in Life 
uh, because I never understood that. I always felt like, okay, why, why? is this a dope album? Like, why was it? Why was Tip and Fight That Oz about this album? It was great. And then you listen to Midnight Marauders, and it's like, oh, I see why. I see yeah. why. Yeah. And, yeah, Big Rhymes and, and Life was a very, it was a more mature, more somber sounding album. Um, you, you could tell they were kind of like in a dark place. They, you know, the, 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 the excitement of being musicians and being in the music industry had kind of worn off. And yeah, that definitely reflected in the sound of these rhymes and life. But I, I still think it's an exceptionally dope album, man. Like, yeah. out of all their albums, like, I think that's the one that has aged the best. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Definitely. I agree. I agree. Uh, low in theory, you know, yeah, I, I have a. I have a soft side for it. I think it's their best album only because, you know, it was my first introduction. It, 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 it made me fall in love with hip hop. So it's a very, uh, you know, stay big staple, but it is dated. And, you know, um, even Midnight Marauders is somewhat dated, but you can listen to, you know, Beast Rhymes of Life and it's just straight, you know, <laughs> you won't find a problem with that. Uh, Midnight Marauders. I did say I, met, I mentioned this in vibes and stuff. If if you're an up and coming producer and you want to know how or how to do as far as your production career goes, Midnight Marauders is the album for you. I thought that's some of the best boom bap music that was introduced by Tribe that other groups like Mob Deep, uh, a lot of East Coast artists started to follow that trend that Midnight Marauders set in '93. You start hearing a similar sound, even with Illmatic. Illmatic almost sounds similar to Midnight Marauders, in my opinion. I've always felt that way. Yeah. So, and um, another group where you hear the influence, Diggable Planet's Blowout Comb album. Uh, yes, yes, definitely yes, hear perfect. Tribe influence. They were always jazzy, uh, jazzy group themselves, but you definitely yep. hear that Tribe influence on Blowout Comb. Yep, yep, I agree. Which I is agree. a highly slept on album by the way diggable planets blow out comb do the research yeah. check it out great great album another plug if you haven't seen the unsung on diggable planets you must see it it's really good it's really good um it's on youtube actually so um i think jamil sent me and you that and i actually sat up and watched it and i thought it was really interesting how their career um came through so yeah uh Great albums. Oh, back to Wu Tang. Uh, again, Thirty Six Chambers was amazing. I love it. I, I've never been one to compare Wu albums, though. I know a lot of people, you know, get into that. Oh, uh, Wu Tang Forever was better, or Thirty Six Chambers was better. Honestly, I, I, I felt like my my original take on Wu Tang Forever. I think Wu Tang Forever is goes down as one of the top hundred albums in, in, in the hip-hop category um it should not be left out in anybody's top 100 but you know if i had to nitpick you know the double album thing i didn't you know i felt like it could have been shorter but you know i didn't feel hello hello uh, yeah you come oh, yeah, yeah, still yeah no i was saying with uh wu-tang I think Wu Tang Forever wasn't at all. I think it should be in everybody's top one hundred. Yo, absolutely, it's in my top ten. Yeah, yeah. So 
that's the thing is I, I didn't I didn't feel like it was a need to debate uh, which one was better, Thirty Six Chambers or or Wu Tang Forever. I think they're both equally. It, <laughs> it's like it's like trying to figure out which which one you like. You know, do you like uh, Patillo's lemon cake or Patillo's double chocolate? <laughs> both of them are good. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, that that's that's my whole spin on it. Um, I'm about to walk up into this Dunkin' Donuts though. Oh, we about to get some more raw raw uncut. <laughs> oh yeah, we in raw raw uncut. It, I'm just going in here because it's, 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 it's hopefully it's a little quiet in here. Do you hear the music in the background? Yeah, a little bit, a little bit, but not not it. A little bit. It's not overwhelming. No, okay, no, not at all. One, one one more thing I wanted to say about the tribe called Quest Midnight Marauders album was the the interludes, man. The interludes that they they tucked it, they hid in between the songs. That where you had the the narrator um, uh, sharing different facts about STDs and gun violence. And encouraging people yeah be safe and and you know don't resort to picking up a gun and you know always wear protection if you if you're gonna text like those those little droplets of like that that conscious messaging i thought was a great way to um kind of spice up the album and let the audience know where their head was at as a group and as far mm-hmm. as the community and what they wanted to put out there and um you know, they're just they're just overall messaging. So that was also a great, you know, a great little thing I liked about Midnight Marauders as well. You didn't that you didn't get with low end theory. Yeah, exactly. Education about the N word, like that was that was great, you know. Um just yeah, it was it was a very, very well crafted, well thought of, I mean Q tip. I actually read some background on how that album was made. Um Q tip with I mean, Fife, Fife, Q-Tip recorded that whole album in Fife's mom's basement. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. 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 He uh, created he created that whole entire album in Fife's mom's basement. Also, uh, he also did other projects that he was working on with other artists. One Love was recorded in that basement for Illmatic. Uh, a couple of other records, um, large uh not large professor it was another artist that said had made a comment about it and said how cool the atmosphere was like he'll go down there record a record an album and uh fife will be down there playing video games while q-tips is like jamming out and uh you know fife will be playing madden or something and then the beat will come on and he's like yeah put that on the album and he's still playing video games but just nodding his head to the music and it's like wow you know that's the atmosphere you know, it was amazing, you know what I mean? And he said, Fife, you know, Fife's mom gave him the key, gave Q-Tip the key. Like, he could come in anytime he wants and just start recording. So I was like, oh, man, that's cool, man. That was a nice little plug. Man, that's dope. That's dope, man. Just, yeah, yeah seeing how, you know, a certain environment can encourage creativity like that. I think that's dope. I like, I like hearing little stories like that. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, most definitely. So we're going to move on. Um, real quick because I got to start working not too long from now Uh, we're going to get into um, ain't nobody coming to see you Otis Uh, we got some awards to pass out me and Ian man bro we've been burning these last couple of weeks me and you just been tagging each other names who we going to get an award to man but uh, who you got man 
this week? Oh, um, I got. I'm gonna think it over. I'm gonna let you go first, man. I'm gonna let you go first. You're gonna think it over. Okay. At first, I had Kyrie Irving, but I'm, I'm gonna give him a pass. I'm gonna give him a pass because now that the story's developing, I'm starting to see what he's talking about in regards to the state of the Celtics. So I'm gonna leave Kyrie Irving alone. I'm gonna leave that alone. I will go in on Le'Veon Bell though. Yeah, yeah. I think I was gonna. Well, I know you got a little bit more on Le'Veon Bell too. Uh, I, I'm gonna just go real briefly. Le'Veon, you you, you kind of plays yourself, dog. Like I think I'm gonna give him a plays yourself award. I'm gonna get I'm gonna give him a plays yourself award because. Pittsburgh Steelers are looking amazing right now without you. And if Pittsburgh keeps on playing this well and they get to the playoffs and they actually make a Super Bowl and actually win a Super Bowl without you, bruh, whoo, I don't know what that's going to say about your career moving ahead. He's in his 30s, right? Yeah, I think he he is 30. Yeah, so, like, don't, don't get me wrong. Le'Veon Bell is an amazing player. Great running back, but running backs their their lifespan is short, man. And they're going to be teams that's going to sign him, but I don't think he's going to be as good anywhere else as he was with Pittsburgh. No, no, man. He he tried to derail their season, man, with this whole sitting out crap. And like you know, they they they, they kept it together. They were cool and calm through it. A couple people had some things to say, which is natural. But, like, they stayed focused on winning and just taking it one game at a time. I know they kind of got out to a slow start. But now they're they looking good, man. They're looking good. Shouts out to Mike Tomlin, too, man, for keeping his cool throughout this whole thing. And the people were talking about his job was on the line. And I'm like, look over at Cincinnati and how long that coach has been there. Like, like and, and, and Tom, Mike Tomlin's had way more success with the Steelers. You mean to tell me this man is on a short hook? Just because he's got a running back that's disgruntled with the organization that don't want to pay him, and it's like, come on, dude, y'all gonna y'all gonna panic after four games? I knew the Pittsburgh Steelers was gonna get it together. They was gonna get their act together, and they were gonna start ripping off some wins. And, and look what they're doing. They're playing. They, they beat Cam Newton fifty. They put up fifty-two points on Cam Newton in the crew. And Cam Newton, the Panthers, were one of the hottest teams in the NFL going into that game. So, yeah. Mike Tomlin, man, shouts out to him, man. He looks like he's ready to beat up anybody that walks up to him. He looks like Neo Nino Brown's like. You <laughs> 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 like Neo Nino Brown's grandfather, but hey, like the dude can coach some football, man. Get get off that man's jock, man. Yeah, man. He he's you know, <laughs> man. Talk to a Bears fan and, and be like, yeah, uh, you know. Would, would you take the Steelers record from the past 10 years on the Bears? Exactly. Exactly. I'll take Mike Tomlin's record every time. Every time. Uh, but, yeah. And then, my, my ain't nobody coming to see you award goes to Deion Lewis. I sent you a, a, a text. Deion Lewis, for those that don't know, used to play for the Patriots. I don't think he I don't think he had won the Super Bowl with the Patriots, but he played for the Patriots. Everybody knows the Patriots beat, lost to the Titans over the weekend. Half the team that won the Titans used to play for the Patriots, including Malcolm Butler, who, you know, got benched last year in the Super Bowl. And he goes out and he's, he's talking all this trash about, yeah, you know, they got what they deserve. We kicked their A and all this other stuff. And I'm like, I look up his stats. 
you know you know what his stat line was, dude? No. He only rushed for 68 yards, no touchdowns. Oh wow. Bruh! Ain't nobody coming to see you, Otis. Ain't nobody coming to see you, dude. The Titans ain't going to the playoffs. You're gonna be sitting there watching the Patriots on TV in January, like all of us. <laughs> so so get your seat nice and warm. Get your seat nice and warm. Get your popcorn ready. Stop talking trash and enjoy the Patriots run to the Super Bowl for another year while you're sitting on a bench, sitting in, sitting in your couch with the white with the whack Titans, with a whack quarterback, and Mariota with a with a whack coach in Mike Grable, and just enjoy the Patriots, man, because ain't nobody coming to see you. Yeah, that's that's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Hey man, yeah, sh- shut up and sit down. Yeah, please. And perform. Sixty eight yards, no touchdowns? Come on, man. Ain't nobody trying to see that. Yeah, I, I was going to give the uh, Ain't Nobody Coming to See You Award to uh, Gordon Hayward, man. But, like, Ooh. I feel like I'm being a little hard on him, man. Am I being a little hard on him? Go ahead, man. The floor is yours. All right. So, Gordon Hayward, I'm not sure what it, I, 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 I You know how it is. I, I popped the trunk, man. I ain't got no notes in front of me. But, but he's been playing, like, very below average. And I get it. He's coming back from a gruesome injury and everything. But I said last year. After the Celtics made that great playoff run without him or Kyrie, I, I say it back then. I say either Kyrie or Gordon is trade-based right now. Like, one of them is expendable. Like, I'm not sure which one, but one of them is going to be expendable. And it's, I'm sorry. Yeah. Like, y'all are paying too much money right now to have him underperforming the way he is and to have all these other young boys outballing him. And I know I'm kind of harsh on white NBA players because I always say, yeah, they the man on a team when it's just them. But as soon as you put them on a team with some real athletes, all of a sudden their inferiority athletically starts to show up. And I that starts to happen with Hayward. And, yeah. you know, I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I'm going to give him, I'm going to cut him some slack. It's very early in the season and he gets back from an injury. But, um, that's some crazy. So we gonna put this award on hold. That's some crazy Christmas rap. music in the background right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's terrible, man. I'm about to walk up out of here, man. I'm hey man, I'm, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to blast you. I'm gonna have to overdub on that, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. Overdub on that. Overdub on that, man. But yeah, well, we'll put that. We'll put that award on hold, man. Until future rappers. Until season three. Yeah, but right now, right now he's. He's a candidate for the J.R. Smith Award right now. Oh yeah, big time. Now that that yeah, that fits a little bit more. That fits a little bit more. So uh I might so have last a Hennessy segment. bottle for you, Gordon Hayward. But but real quick, all our Hennessy bottles, all our all our J.R. Smith Awards have one twig already taken out the bottle. <laughs> <laughs> By none other than J.R. Smith. <laughs> hey man, the Cleveland Cavaliers are garbage, dude, and he's the number one reason why they garbage. Yeah. Oh, oh, that's who it was. That's who was going to get my "Ain't Nobody Coming to See You" award. J.R. Smith, this nigga demanding a trade like he's some sort of all star or something. Man, Jr. Ain't nobody coming to see you. You ain't got that kind of pull, Jr. Don't ain't nobody coming. Man, man, that Hennessy bottle ain't even trying to see him. Oh, I'm demanding a trade. To who, dude? And for, and for who? You're trying to you trying to make your way over to the Lakers with your boy. That's what you're trying to do. You that's ain't. What you're I to see do. what's going on. 
Nah, man. Nah, he don't want to see you either. LeBron, LeBron or Lance don't want to see you. Exactly. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. <laughs> Lance, Lance don't want to see you, man. Like, 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 especially after that. Especially after what you pulled in game one of the finals, man. That's that's going to haunt your yeah. career. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Oh, hush, I thought we was up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, so, man. That was, that was priceless, man. That was priceless. Yo, but, but real quick, I know I know you got to go, man. So you did get a chance to check out the Count Basie? Oh, man. It's awesome, dude. It's awesome. I love it. I love it. I'm so mad I, I, I didn't get a chance to, to uh, cop it when it was hot, but... Yeah, good record. Great, great recommendation, man. Great recommendation. Appreciate it. I'm glad you liked it. Yes, yes, definitely. Um, what I'm bumping big time uh, uh, is the uh, Abstract Orchestra Mad Villain Volume 2. They did a live orchestrated version of the classic album Mad Villain Me. It is amazing. Volume 1, Volume 2. I don't know when Volume 2 is coming out. But whenever you gotta get a chance, check it out. It's hot. Yeah, I got a ch- chance to check out like two tracks from it, man, and I was I was definitely impressed. So I'm, I'm gonna check out the rest of it a little later. Yeah, definitely. Anything you Wait. got, Bobby? Man, dude, this Master Ace and Marco Polo album, man. I Dang, you still it. bumping it, huh? I'm still bumping it, dude. It's dope, man. Like like I said, man, I put it up there with Long Hot Summer and, and Disposable Art. It's that good. Oh wow. Wow, yeah, it's that good. Very cohesive. Can't wait man. to hear your. Uh, can't hear, wait to hear your top albums of the year too, man. Two thousand. Oh man, oh man. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. I'm gonna I'm gonna do my top ten on vibes and stuff, but I'm also going to share a link to my uh, Rachel Music page, which is actually going to contain my top twenty albums. Oh, for, for twenty eighteen. Okay. Because I know I'm not going to have time to get to twenty albums, but I'm gonna share that link in the description. Um, you know, when the time comes, so uh, toward the end of the year, so um, be sure to check that out. <clears throat> uh, in a few, also, also, uh, big since uh, you know, I'm a big multi genre listener, I'm actually gonna come up also with a top 10 on um, season three, um, top 10 albums that aren't hip hop. I'm, uh, I'm also gonna. Um, put that out. So if you want to put your top ten albums out for hip hop, I put in my top ten. You talking about for the year? Yeah, for the year. Okay, okay. I already got a top oh, ten list that I'm building I got, up. I got five. Um, oh, if I got ten, I might have five. Okay. Yeah, I'll definitely add that for um, the next season. So because we'll be coming up on the end of the year. So definitely uh, for people that uh, haven't checked out for these albums yet, um, we're gonna give y'all some good stuff. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Well, I gotta head off to my new spot, and so uh, go ahead, man. Sell that crack, man. Cook that crack and sell it. That's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Chop it up. You know what I mean. Chop it and, up, uh, bag it up, sell it. <laughs> exactly. Don't be a pookie. <laughs> <laughs> don't be a pookie in your life. Yeah. <laughs> but with that said, Ian, big uh. Big thanks for another fine second season. Look forward to doing a third season, doing it big. We'll probably do it in a couple of weeks, so be on the lookout. That's right. Season two is in the books, man. Hope y'all have enjoyed it. All right, man. Until then, I'll, I'll see y'all next next go around. All right, for sure. We'll catch up with you next week, man. Peace. Peace, 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 peace.
Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. I sure hope you've enjoyed our new album. Everybody, this is Rodney once again from the Magnificent Vibes podcast. I want to send a special thanks to N. Ray, Jay Baxter, Jamil. He's also from the Vibes and Stuff podcast. If you don't have that, please download that and follow that podcast. It's a great podcast, along with the litmus test with my boy Greg and Dave Sitnor. Excellent show. Please feel free to tune in and download that. Also, my boy Chris Wynn and Jordan Clemens, both of those guys are doing their thing on the Stay Ops podcast. Be sure to tune in. We're going to definitely collaborate in the near future. We have a lot to look forward to in season three. We're going to continue to talk about a lot of different musical topics and also a lot of sports. Uh, So we got a big season three coming up. Hopefully we can get some special guests in. And if you are a female who is into sports, who knows a lot about sports, please feel free. Shoot me a DM, shoot me a text, and you could be a co-host with me and Ian on the show. It would be nice to have a female um, take on some of the things that we talk about as far as sports and music so we definitely like to get a female's insight on the show as well also if you are a faithful listener of the show we are up to about a good 50 to 60 listeners now but we don't know your names we don't know who's plugging in please if you're listening to the show let me know shoot me a text let your friend who follows me let him know that you're listening to the show 
and I will shout you out during season three. I give you a nice shout out and, and spread the word. Spread the word. Magnificent Vibes is not going anywhere. So look forward to getting more listeners uh, as we try to educate the people on um, what to really look forward to when it comes to sports, music, and media. Also, I want to send a special shout out and thanks to Ann Ray, who's responsible for all the musical production that's in the background that you hear on every show. It was a nice little addition that we added midway through season two. And the reason why we did that is because, hey, we're called Magnificent Vibes and we not just going to talk about topics and not have something to vibe to. So definitely big thanks to Ian for the background production of the show. And so with that said, we'd like to thank all of you for your support. We look forward to seeing you on season three. Feel free to comment on the show. We'll shout you out next season. And with that said, until the next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace.